The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the Cruise Radio mobile studio. Aboard Norwegian Bliss. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here. We are broadcasting aboard Norwegian Bliss this week, where we have been on a two-night Pierside. Now, uh, because we were actually docked for the past two nights, uh, we got to check out everything like the ship was sailing, except for the casino and the shops. Everything else was wide open. Um, if you have any questions about Norwegian Bliss while you're listening to this episode, feel free to drop me an email, Doug at cruiseradio.net. Joining me to uh, help facilitate the interview, as always, is Richard Sims, travel writer over at cruiseradio.net. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Hey, great. Thanks for having me. Glad to be on board this beautiful ship. Yeah, thanks for sailing with me too, man, because uh, this is a big ship and a lot for one person to handle over two nights. Even having two nights with both of us, there was so much we didn't get to see. It really was was a jam-packed couple of days. Yeah, yeah, totally. Now, uh, like I'll be do with every interview, we'll do some pre-cruise thoughts first. So taking a step back, we'll say, and the pre-cruise thoughts, be thinking about it while I'm talking, Richard, because my pre-cruise thoughts was, okay, I want to check out the barbecue place because I was just on Carnival Horizon and fell in love with the barbecue on there. How does it compare? Um, I wanted to think, like, how is this ship how is this ship purpose-built for Alaska? What makes this ship, you know, they, they keep bragging about it, but what makes it purpose-built? And the laser tag, to me, looked and is really cool. Like, going into it, what were your pre-cruise thoughts? The big thing I was looking forward to was Prohibition. Mm-hmm. I, I had been reading about that, and it just sounded exactly like my kind of show. I also really wanted to see the Observation Lounge, and I was glad that we were able to get into both of the Observation Lounge, just the public one and the uh, one that's specifically for the Haven so that we could sort of compare them. Yeah, and we'll skip the embarkation process because we embarked in New York City. Since the ship uh, wasn't or isn't going anywhere, wasn't going anywhere, um, really we didn't do much except walk on the ship after we showed them our passport. So we'll skip that, and we'll go to the first impressions. Now, my first impressions of this ship, um, the colors, it reminded me of like a, a contemporary New York City Hotel, right? Would that be safe to say? The muted colors and nothing loud, nothing gaudy, just very contemporary. Very much so. Also a lot of blue, which, you know, is very important. It's it's sort of a great color to have an ocean cruising ship be that blue. And you, you noticed it everywhere, through the atrium, through the uh, various public spaces, the observatory lounge. They all had um, a lot of blue, really nice different shades. And I should mention that you board on deck seven on Norwegian Bliss. So you either board forward or aft. So if you board deck seven forward, you're boarding on the same deck right by the main theater entrance. If you're boarding on deck seven aft, you're boarding the ship closer to the Manhattan dining room, which is towards the aft of the ship. One thing I did notice, too, uh, kind of stuck out at me as I walked through deck seven was the six, seven, eight area, which I think Norwegian has really nailed head on or na- what hit the 
nail on the head with this area. Yeah, that's been um, one of the really big things they did with the Breakaway class ship. This is actually a Breakaway Plus class, so it's a little bit different. But um, it's sort of a great central hub. They've got restaurants there. The casino is sandwiched in the middle. And um, you've got shops there. It's sort of your entertainment complex. It's sort of similar to the Promenade on Royal Caribbean, except all centered around one hub with a, with a very distinctive chandelier. Each ship has its own style of chandelier. And it's called deck. It's called uh, six six seven eight, which is for deck six, deck seven, and deck eight. Which I mentioned we boarded on deck seven. Uh, first thing we did is we went to the stateroom and dropped our stuff off. Now we were in a mini suite uh, on deck thirteen, uh, stateroom thirteen eight thirty. And one thing that I was impressed with, Richard, and you you sail Norwegian a lot, so you could actually compare the stateroom to other regular balcony rooms on Norwegian. But the bathroom was had a long like trough sink, I guess a him and hers, if you will. Uh, the let's see, there was three plugs in it, which I like. There was two USB plugs, one by each lamp by the bed. Uh, the room itself had a "Do Not Disturb" sign and a makeup makeup room sign, which the cabin steward could see from the outside of the room that illuminated. Um, to me, there was plenty of storage. Very impressed with the balcony size, um, which seems to be, um, you know, Norwegian Epic had a really, really small balcony. But it seems like as they're getting, uh, I guess, as they're creating more ships or producing more ships, the balcony sizes seem to be getting a little bigger. Would that be safe to say? I totally thought this one was bigger than um, I just did the breakaway not too long ago. This one was, it's not like it's a huge balcony, but it's definitely significantly bigger. The, the difference, people ask this a lot. They ask on the breakaway class ship what the difference is between a balcony and a uh, mini suite. And really, the bathroom is the big difference. It's really one of the only differences that I noticed. And it is quite a big difference. The shower is different. It's got like lots of different jets and stuff, which, by the way, make sure you know where you're pointing it before you turn it on, because I, uh, I, I might have done a little damage, is all I'm saying. But they got, you know, that. Um, there's more space for the, for the toilet. You're not like cramped with your knees up around your uh, ears. Uh, like you said, the big double sink. Um, there's actually four drawers in the bathroom, which was kind of impressive. So the big difference between the two really is the balcony, uh, the balcony, the bathrooms. Um, it's also the room is really classy looking. It's got like sort of a faux leather headboard. Um, the colors are very muted. There's a sort of a wood frame around the balcony. It's not real wood, but it looks like wood. The uh, blackout curtain is a really dark blue. It's just a really it's an impressive looking room. One thing, stepping outside of the room, and you always see the fish on the carpet with Norwegian Cruise Line. But I did notice on this ship, and maybe it's something recently that Norwegian has been doing um, in the past couple of launches or refurbs, whatever. But they always have the fish. So if you follow the fish, you're always swimming forward. But they used to have a little red rebellious fish swimming against the grain. But did they, like, ditch those totally? Apparently they did. I was talking to one of the um, PR staff, and they said that that was something that um, was sort of of the past. They don't do that anymore. And in fact, I noticed that none of the bars uh, where I looked at the specialty menus, I didn't see the Rebellious Fish Cocktail, which is something they have on ships like the Gem. They had it on the Breakaway, ships which did feature the Rebellious Fish in the hallway. So apparently the Rebellious Fish is no more. Hmm. 
let's switch to dining and talk about the dining options because there are over a dozen venues to eat at aboard the ship. And of course, Norwegian known for freestyle dining, dine where you want, when you want, as long as you make reservations for the most part. Um, so they have three main dining rooms, if you will. They're not set dining times, but there's three main ones. It's the Manhattan room, there's taste and there's savor, which are the three different types. And do they serve the same food throughout Richard or does each does each like savor have a different menu than Manhattan? Nope. All three of them have the exact same menu. Um, the only real difference between them is Taste and Savor are basically sisters. They're across, the, they're across uh, from each other, and there's a bar in the middle, the mix bar. Uh, the big difference with the Manhattan Room is the atmosphere. It really feels like a supper club. A lot of nights they have live music. It's, it's, it really elevates the main dining room experience. You know, you can go to Taste and Savor and have a great meal and a, and a really nice evening, but it's just going to feel a little more special, and you're going to feel like you want to dress up when you go to the Manhattan Room because it doesn't feel like a main dining room. It really feels like a specialty restaurant. I feel that moving to the top of the ship at the Garden Cafe, which is their Lido Deck Buffet, I feel like they have elevated and upped the game on their Lido because normally Lido food is just like meh to me. And I have to say, I mean, I did a little of everything. Um, I had like the sausage, the chicken. You had the the Indian food, um, Asian food. It, everything was really good up there to me, whereas normally Lido, I, I mean, honestly, I try to avoid Lido and go to like the specialty or the, the free little delis and things like that. What did you think of the uh, the deli? Or I'm sorry, what did you think of the Lido deck? Or it's not Lido deck, whatever the heck it's called, Garden, Garden Cafe. Cafe. The Garden Cafe. It, it actually, you're right, it was really good. And, you know, one thing we have to keep in mind is when we do these sort of specialty things. These are media events. So there are certain things they do differently than they do. Even the restaurants, um, when we ate in the specialty restaurants, they had slightly different menus than they might have during a regular sailing. But I, I sail a lot of Norwegian. I've done Breakaway four or five times, The Gem. And overall, I find the uh, buffet on Norwegian to be really good. And one thing they do well is they have a lot of vegetarian options. Um, I, I've been on some lines, some ships that, that um, if you were a vegetarian, you were basically stuck eating one of like three things over the course of the week. And they had a really, really nice selection of food on this one. You're not a vegetarian, are you? Oh God, no! Okay. Jeez, did, were you not at the state? Were you yeah, not? I was the there. I just but did, did. This lady like tell you she was a vegetarian? And got really oh, pissed at you? She got yeah. I recommended something on the. I told her she was at the Indian buffet. They had a really nice Indian selection, and uh, I recommended the chicken uh, masala. I think it was, and she used some not so friendly words to tell me she was a vegetarian. So. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. We'll take a quick break here and talk about our favorite dining, entertainment, public spaces, and more when we get back. You're listening to Cruise Radio. This is Cruise Radio. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. 
six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody you meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net. So we're hanging out with Nancy Schreider with the Family Travel Network. Hey, Nancy, good to see you. Oh, it's good to see you too, Doug. It's wonderful to be with you. So what do you think of Norwegian Bliss? Oh my gosh, I love this ship. This ship has so much on board. You know, we were in our stateroom this morning and I was thinking, thinking to myself, this is in a great stateroom. It's so comfortable. But honestly, there's so much on the ship. You're never in your stateroom. You never yeah. want to be in your stateroom. There's so much entertainment. There's so much fun. There is something going on all the time. You just want to be out and about. I love that about the ship. The energy is great. And it's a shame because the uh, staterooms are so nice, too. Yeah, they are. They're great. And the, the showers in those staterooms yeah. are, oh, that was amazing. I loved it. But yeah, the staterooms are great, but you just don't want to be in there. There's just too much going on all the time, all day all night. I do like them being forward thinking with uh, three outlets in the staterooms and two USB plugs each by the bed on on the lamp. That's nice too. Yeah, and I will say for families, that's really good too because, you know, we have so many people a lot of times in the room and everybody mm-hmm. has all of their electronics, so you want to have everything plugged in. And speaking of families, uh, what are your thoughts of Norwegian Bliss for families and kids? This, this ship is the most incredible playground for families. There's just so much for kids to do, so much for teens to do, but it's really important to note that there's really so much fun for everybody, kids and families of every age. You know, two of my favorite things on this ship right now are the the go-kart, the racing, it's, you know, go-kart racing at sea, which is just so much fun and incredibly awesome. But I'm also really enthralled with this, the uh, laser tag too. Mm-hmm. The laser tag is really great because you get to play it with a group and you get so excited about it and you're playing back and forth with different people. So, you know, p- p- families are going to want to do this over and over and over again. The aqua park is amazing. That's great. And then Norwegian has a really great kids and teens program. So there's there's kids and teens activities for all ages on this ship from six months up to 17, which is great. I want to go back to the go-karts. How cool was that, right? Oh, my gosh. That was amazing. You know, you get started and you're going a little slow. And then all of a sudden, you realize that you can really speed up and you can get going and you can pass. And then you're just really into it. So yeah. it's just really, really fun. And the same thing happens with laser tag, too. Yeah, those things fly, too. I didn't realize oh, how fast I they know, go. I know. And you're just whipping around those corners. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's yeah. great. Uh, okay, so answer this question. Who is Norwegian Bliss for? I think Norwegian Bliss is for anybody who has a lot of energy and wants to have a great time on the ship morning and night. This is a very active ship. So when I'm looking at it for, you know, for families and and multi-generational groups, it's Mm -hmm. great. If you want to be active, if you want to do a lot, if you also want to experience a lot of different types of food and bars and nightlife and things, and you're someone who gets bored easily, this is a really great ship for that too. So I would say it's for anybody who really wants to have a great time and is a type A traveler or a type A vacationer. Over a dozen food venues on this ship. Uh, which one are, are some of your favorites? Well, certainly Cagney's is one of my millennial favorites every time I'm mm-hmm. on a Norwegian ship. I do love the, the Q Smokehouse. Right? The, the Q, oh my gosh, the food was so great. The brisket is to die for. And the platter that you know you can get is just amazing. The desserts are incredible too. I mean, 
oh my gosh. So yeah. yeah, I absolutely love that one. So that was great. Food Republic was cool too because there are all sorts of different sort of tapasy types of plates that you can try out. And I know you love the Mexican restaurant. So you know that that sounded incredible as well. You have to go to Coco's before you leave and get that Snickers milkshake made with gelato. So good. Oh, and and speaking of for families, who's going to, you know, I, right. I can just see everybody in there. There's a number of places on this ship that could be addictive. Mm-hmm. That's one of them. The go-karts and the laser tag are another two that could be really incredibly fun. Nancy Schroeder with the Family Travel Network. Nancy, always good seeing you. Oh, great being with you, Doug. Thanks. Yeah, as Nancy just said, Cagney's, hands down, one of my favorite places on any Norwegian cruise ship, along with their teppanyaki. That's also good. Uh, which one was your favorite restaurant that we dined in or that we got a chance to dine in uh, over these couple of nights? I got to agree with Nancy about Cagney's, if only because of the pork belly. There is nothing right. better on that ship than the pork belly. It's the go, get the appetizer. It's amazing. Um, you know, again, this was a sort of a different situation because we were only there for two nights, so we only had a limited amount of time to try things. But um, the first night we went to Los Lobos, which is the modern Mexican restaurant on this ship. And it was phenomenal. We um, They had a lot of nice things that were good to share. They make guac right by your table side. Uh, they had we had empanadas, we had quesadillas, and then for the main course, uh, that was all appetizers that we split and were delicious. For the main course, I got the uh, carne asada that was one of the best pieces of meat. I mean, uh, let's just put it this way: Doug kind of ate half of mine. He really he he enjoyed it as well. Uh, but he had the fish tacos that were amazing. Just. Everything we had were great. They also had these um, spicy margaritas that were uh, quite, quite yummy. So that was that was a real highlight for me. I you really know, loved that. For me, it's you know I would have ordered what you had if I would have read the menu, but it was like <laughs> it's all Spanish to me. I don't. I sell taco. I'll do with the tacos. So I had like the mahi tacos. But yeah, I mean, dude, that was really, really good. What you had, like the the meat was seasoned perfectly. What was it like? Is that like a, a slab, a cut of beef? Is that what it was, that was? It was a skirt steak. It was okay. a skirt steak, and then there was a chimichurri on the side. Now, what I'm really curious about is because you just came off Carnival Horizon, and one of the things I know you loved on Carnival Horizon because you went there like 500 times in seven days. You um, you really liked the uh, Guy Fieri's Pick and Anchor barbecue. Mm-hmm. So on this ship, this is a first for Norwegian. It's the first time they've had a smokehouse. It's the Q Smokehouse uh, Texas barbecue. What did you think, and how did it compare to your beloved Pig and Anchor? Okay, so Pig and Anchor. First off, uh, the Guy Fieri partnership they they announced back in October, and then they I saw it caught my eye that they're doing the Q Smokehouse on Norwegian um, on Norwegian Bliss, and I'm like, okay. This is going to be interesting, and it was because barbecue-wise, I'm going to just say it. I'm going to make it a bold statement that Bliss has the edge on Carnival for the Whoa. taste of the barbecue. Yeah. Now, the menu prices, they're all over the map. I mean, like, Carnival's Feast for Two is, I think, 16 and Norwegian's was $24.99. Um, but as far as taste, service... And Norwegian will serve you iced tea in their barbecue place. Carnival will not, if you're listening, Carnival. Carnival will not serve you Norwegian, uh, not serve you iced tea, which I thought was really good. I thought they won't serve it to you. They don't have. They don't have it to (laughs) serve. So you have to like go to the Lido and get tea and bring it down if you want it. Uh, You know what? Also, I thought was cool, Richard, is and we went in a couple of nights ago and sat and listened to the live band play, and I thought the band was just popping and there was a good atmosphere in there. It also had a great sound system. Um, Sometimes you get in a in a venue like that that's designed to be a restaurant, and when they put a band in there, it's not necessarily the best fit sound wise. But I think one of the reasons it works here is 
on the other Norwegian ships. This was the Spiegel tent. This was where they did um, like the Cirque du Soleil shows and stuff. So it's a really, I, I will say, I don't think it has the best atmosphere as far as like, if you walked into there, you probably wouldn't know it was a barbecue restaurant. Mm-hmm. It didn't look specifically like a Texas barbecue. I mean, I guess they had pictures of a prairie on the wall kind of thing. But that was that was really the only the, the only way I can ding it because the food was excellent the the service was great I I really really had uh, uh, we had a couple people dining with us and we thanks to that we were able to try just about everything on the menu and I don't think there was a clunker there no no totally you like the designs though like the the lighting fixtures and yeah. stuff you thought that was kind of unique right yeah very much so they have these like wagon wheel light fixtures that um, that were cool but overall it didn't really do anything to say you're walking into a yeah. Texas restaurant. Yeah, whereas I will say, like, comparing it to Carnival Horizon, it does have the country feel with the cow right there and uh, the woods, the wood on the wall and all that. The one way this does have sort of a country feel is when you walk in, if you're going up to the bar, they have these really cool bar stools that you can kind of make a decision. Do you want to sit in it straight or do you want to sit in it side saddle, yeah. which was which was kind of weird and cool. They also, um, they had Moscow mules on tap, mm-hmm. which they do not serve in a copper mug. Now, there are other places on the ship where they do serve them in uh, uh, copper mugs, but that's something that they're kind of getting into is cocktails on tap. One of my favorite places on board that I kind of found by accident, but not really, you could kind of like follow my nose type thing with a smell is it was called Coco's. And it was like a chocolate, they had chocolate crepes, chocolate gelato, chocolate shakes, and they have this Snickers chocolate shake. It was, it was like, it's $14.99. It was like 16 something with the gratuity added, but it was like chunks of Snicker bar with um, chocolate syrup on the outside of this mug, a big one of those lollipops in there, whipped cream, chocolate gelato shake. So good. If you want to see pictures of it, check out my Instagram at Crease Radio. I posted a picture on it, and it's really cool. Um, I'm trying to think other little venues around the ship. Uh, you liked um, the, the in the Observation Lounge. You liked all the offerings in there. It was really amazing. The obser- And we'll talk about the Observation Lounge in a minute. But, you know, usually when you're on a cruise ship, there's basically one buffet. And on, on this, in the Observation Lounge, the one that's open to the public, um, they had, I think, two buffets and then a separate salad bar. There were, like, like food offerings all over this ship, and that was kind of cool. I have to say, I don't know how, after we had that huge meal at the steakhouse and then you went to Coco, I don't know how you didn't end up in a in a food coma, but <laughs> it was. <laughs> which is why he did not join me uh, the next night. That that night he was in a food coma, so I went to Food Republic and um, Food Republic. I think they introduced on Escape, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they did. And um, it's basically you know it's it's tapas, so you go in and they've got um, the the iPad menu and you order on there, um, and they have a lot of really good small plates. I had the the rock shrimp tempura, the lamb, uh, really like like thin lamb chop. Uh, so I don't even remember what else I had, but it was just – it was kind of fun because you could – especially if you had other people with you, you each order three or four different things mm-hmm. and you get to try everything. So that was that was a really fun experience. I liked that a lot. We could talk about food all day long on this, but we're not going to because we're going to move to entertainment. And again, elevating the cruise experience. I keep using the word elevating, but I, I'm going to be honest. I thought some of this stuff going in was kind of gimmicky. Like kind of like when I thought the Royal Caribbean robotic bar was going to be gimmicky, um, I thought the go karts was going to be the same thing, and it wasn't. I gotta say, 
eight laps. It's seven dollars a shot to do it. And I mean, you're in some pretty fast go karts. Like I did a lot of go karting growing up in the South, and you're like, if you over, if you take a turn too fast, you're going into the wall. It was it was a little bit scary. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, it's funny because when you first start off on them, they're controlling your speed, and so it, you're you're going super slow. Like you're going out on the track super slow. And I was like, really? This is what this is. But it uh, it actually really you get some good speed. I will tell you this: be careful. Don't put things in your pocket. I had my eyeglasses in my pocket because I couldn't fit the helmet over my glasses, and they flew out on the track. Luckily, Doug noticed them, and luckily, thank God, nobody ran over them because that could have been a disaster. But you want to be careful because I also heard somebody else had their phone in their pocket and it flew out and shattered the screen. You really do get going pretty fast. Yeah. I, another thing: the water slide that goes over the side of the ship. That was a really big draw. I didn't get to do it. Because because I thought, even though it was, and you probably disagree with me, I thought it was a little chilly up here. But um, a lot of people were doing it. I didn't do it, uh, so the water slide was cool. You made you made mention earlier that you were surprised how many hot tubs are on this ship. Oh my god, I I I, I counted. At least seven, maybe eight. There's, there's some by the pool. There's some in um, the vibe. There's some in spice. There's just. I was surprised how you know you kept walking around and you'd be like, oh look, there's another hot tub. Uh, there's there's a lot of hot tubs on this ship. You won't have a problem finding a hot tub. And while we're talking about the hot tubs and the outdoor spaces, one of your favorite things to do on these ships is go into. Is it called Vibe? Yeah, it's the Vibe Beach Club. It's basically um, a private area, adults only. You buy a pass. It's usually around ninety nine dollars for the week um this one is is very very nice they've they've changed it up a little bit they used to have these sort of clamshell cabanas that you could rent that were a little bit more expensive than just a regular um day pass or a week pass to vibe these are these are a little bit nicer um although they don't have quite as much uh protection from the sun maybe but the whole area is really nice it's got a private bar it's got hot tub it's got uh, it's my one fear was that it's right directly below the laser tag, and I thought, you know, one of the reasons you go to Vibe is you want to get away from the main pool, you want to get away from the noise, and I was like, I was worried that the laser tag right above it would be kind of noisy and distracting. But I went down to Vibe while the laser tag was in full full gear or whatever you want to call it, and you really couldn't hear it. So I was I was glad to see that. Now, I know you did laser tag last night. What'd you think of it? I loved it. I thought I was going to hate it. Um, you go through this whole process where they, they sort of teach you how to use the gun and all the guns, different features. And I was standing there thinking, I'm not really a video game playing guy. I really thought I was going to get in there and not be into it. But you get in there and they've got uh, they've got the music pumping and, and you're running around and you're trying to shoot the other team and you have to run back and recharge your gun when it runs out. And it's five minutes and you will be exhausted when you are done. But it is a total, total, total blast. On the subject of entertainment, I want to talk about the theater sight lines because a lot of cruise ships these days have have poles in the way. And let's face it, unless you're in the first few rows, the sight lines may not be that good. But you actually sat all the way through Havana and the other one. What did you think of the sight lines in the main theater? I thought they were great. And and there have been some previous um, Norwegian theaters that didn't have the most comfortable seats. These seats are really comfy. There's lots of legroom. I was really surprised how much legroom there is. And uh, there there were there were a couple of seats that you might not want to be in because there's like a little bit of a sightline problem. But for the most part, and I'll say for Havana, I was in the theater all the way over, as far over on the right-hand side as you can get. And I had no problem seeing the show. The um, the other place that they do a lot of the shows and a lot of the events is the Social Club, which this is something that Carnival has been doing as well. They have a club that goes from being a comedy club to sort of a dance club or a show venue at night. 
And um, that is, there are some sight lines in there that are a little bit problematic. I noticed it when I was seeing Prohibition. But with that particular type of show, it's so interactive and the actors are coming out in the audience and interacting with you that the sight line really doesn't bother you because they're mingling into the audience. One thing I'm noticing um, in the casino is that there was a, it almost looked like it was a secluded area. Now, is that secluded area the area where there's a door where you walk into? Is that the non-smoking or smoking area? That is the smoking area. Okay. Um, on previous Breakaway Class ships, one of the big problems has been that because of the design of 678, the casino is on 7. So it's smack in the middle. It's and massive, it's, too. It's massive and it's open. And while their past casinos did have um, areas that were non-smoking, they weren't uh, – there was no separating the smoking and the non-smoking. And the smoke really wafted everywhere. Like if you were down at Le Bistro on the level below and you were sitting outside eating, you would you would notice the smoke. It was not great for smoke sensitivity, uh, sensitivity issues. So on this ship – they actually have the smoking area completely enclosed. Now, the one thing that some people are going to have a problem with is some of the popular games. For example, the Lock and Links games are wildly popular. Uh, and they do have those, but they only have them in the non-smoking area. So um, smokers who like to play the Lock and Links game are going to have to sort of, you know, maybe play for a while and then run in and have a cigarette, then come back <laughs> out and play some more. But uh, but it's nice. And they've got, they've got a wide variety of games in both areas. They've got different denomination table games in both areas. So it's not like you're going to be kind of screwed if you go to, you know, if you want to play in the non-smoking area. Um, Up on the top aft deck, there's a Spice H2O. Now, you were mentioning it earlier that there, uh, well, before we started recording, was that they took a screen out of that? Yeah. Uh, so so this ship, like some of the other Breakaway Class ships, has two adult-only areas. There's the Vibe Club that we talked about earlier, and then Spice H2O. Spice H2O ha- is, is a really nice area. It's pretty big. They put lots of loungers out there. Again, there are hot tubs. There's also a water feature. It's You've probably seen pictures of the grotto on the Norwegian Escape because it looks sort of like a cave, and it's really cool. This is a little different from that. It's a little more of a water feature and a little less of, you know, kind of a – what I, I always jokingly called it a sex grotto because it looked like it was out of a movie. Um, so it's a little less like that and a little more like uh, a water feature. But the best thing they did here is on the back of the ship on, like, for example, Breakaway, in the Spice H2O area, there's this huge screen. And during the day, they show, you know, just like pictures of beaches and stuff like that. Uh, here, that's gone. You still have the stage area, but behind it is glass. So, you know, who doesn't love sitting in the sun and looking out at the wake? That's one of the reasons you're there. Here, you get to do that. If there's a downside to that, it's that they don't seem to do as many of the parties in that area as um, as they did on, like, for example, Breakaway, the glow party, things like that. They had out in Spice H2O, so you were dancing out under the open stars. Both of the parties they had while we were on board, they had um, Caliente, which is sort of a a, a Hispanic Caribbean-themed party, and the Nashville Knights party. They had both of those by the pool. And I talked to someone um, who was on the previous sailing and asked if they had – they were on for 7, 14 days, whatever that was. Mm -hmm. And I asked them if they had any of the parties in Spice H2O, and she said no, that um, it was too chilly, so they did them in the social club. That's – um, on some of the other ships, like Gem, they have their parties because they don't have a big open space like that. They have their parties in the Spinnaker Lounge. It can get really hot and really um, enclosed on there. So that might be when you're sailing through Alaska. You know, you may end up having all your parties in the social club if it's too chilly or rainy or whatever. But well, yeah. that but that back space is just it's killer. 
Well, and that could answer the question of what makes the ship purpose-built for Alaska, too, right? I mean, you have you could stand on the back of the ship and watch the glaciers as you're passing by instead of having a big screen blocking you. Very much so. Yeah. Although the real, real – when it comes down to it, the one thing that really, truly makes this ship – uh, you know, great for Alaska, and I actually think it'll be great for any place it goes. Is those observation lounges? Mm-hmm. Um, there are. Might as well talk about them now. There's two of them. One is for the Haven, uh, so it's exclusive to them. It's um, and it's a little more rustic. It feels. It, it it almost has the same feeling as like the Wilderness Lodge at Walt Disney World. It's got lots of wood, lots of um, even like the little cocktail tables are tree tree stumps, whereas the main observation uh, area, the, the observation lounge, for all of the other passengers is, in a word, huge. It's, it's, it just goes on and on. There's tons of seating, great, really comfortable chairs. There's the two buffets, the salad bar. There's a juice bar. There's an actual real bar set up. It, it just, I don't know about you, but I, I was just really blown away by how much space they dedicated to this. In fact, I think we were talking about the fact that despite the f- size of this ship, it actually has fewer staterooms than you would think it was because they did purposely devote a lot of space to uh, the the public areas like this. And this ship holds 3,900 guests about, um, and it's 160-something thousand tons, whereas you look at a ship like – I'm just going to use Carnival Horizon because I was just on it um, – 134,000 tons and like 4,200 guests. So bigger ship, less guests. Yeah, and and I was talking to one of the PR people, and they were saying that that was something they were very conscious about was one of the things that is important is it doesn't matter how many people you have on the ship if they don't feel like they have their own space, if they don't feel like, you know, that that they're having – if they don't have room to have a good time. And so they made the conscious decision that they wanted to do some spaces that were – that even though they would lose some of the staterooms, they would have these great, big, huge, beautiful public spaces. I do like the seating spaces in the observation lounge, too, because there's not only chairs and couches, but there's these – they're almost like day beds. Very much so. They're these big day beds. And I can't tell you, I walked up through there, I saw people napping on mm-hmm. them. Right. You know, it's like – and I was like, if I was on this ship for a week, you know that's where I'd be spending my yeah. hangover day. I'd be up there just passed out. And, you know, like I said, that is really one of the things that I think makes this ship – very, very good for Alaska. But I also was thinking, because they're forward-facing, and one of my favorite um, ports to pull into is like Nassau. I love that as you're pulling in there. I think it's beautiful. And I was thinking this would be just as nice there. You know, it's just a great, great place to sit and watch the world go by. Yeah. Well, let's uh, wrap this up here, and we'll do some tips before we hop. Um, So tip that I would have is with all the dining venues, with all the shows, which you really didn't even talk about, but if you want to see a full review of everything, we'll have it up in a few days at cruiseradio.net. Also link it to the show notes here. Um, but I would say reserve your dining and reserve your shows well in advance because um, there's screens around the ship that show the availability of different things you can get into. And like a lot of the dining, it's if you don't reserve it in, in advance, good luck because it shows like red meaning good luck getting a table pretty much. And a lot of the venues are red on there. Now with the shows, if you don't make reservations, am I understanding this correctly, Richard? If you don't make a reservation, you can like go into a, um, a standby line? Yeah, exactly. But still, they're, they, they do get crowded. Um, you know, they, Norwegian's whole thing is freestyle. Like, you know, don't have to make a reservation, can show up whenever you want. And to a certain degree, that's true. I mean, you're never going to not find a place to go and eat. You're never going to struggle with that. But... 
if there are places that you really want to go, you know, you if you really have your heart set on having dinner at Los Lobos, especially if you're planning a special occasion or if you're planning with a, a bigger party, you know, if you have a party of six, eight people, you're going to have a hard time walking in at six o'clock, the most popular time and getting a table in there. So, yeah, I would definitely say that's uh, that's definitely true. Um, and one of the things I would also say is, you know, every ship, whether it's Carnival or Royal or whatever, they give you the um, the sort of uh, the pamphlet that tells you everything going on. on. On Norwegian, it's called the Freestyle Daily. Look at that. And don't just glance at it every night before you go to bed. You'll be there before you go to bed. Really, really look at it because they list things in there that you might not otherwise know. For example... In um, one of the specialty restaurants, a lot of times they will have a special buffet set up. It's only, you know, it might be a Mediterranean theme. It might be an Indian theme. And if you don't look on the uh, listing of lunch options, you wouldn't know about it. They also, on Norwegian, several times that I've been on Norwegian ships, they've had specialty performers who just happen to be on the ship. You know, maybe they're on vacation and they're doing it in exchange doing a show. Um, the last, when I was on Gem, they had a performer named Tea Cake, uh, Tea Cake something or other. And I would not have known about it because it wasn't one of the normal scheduled shows. I would not have known about it if it wasn't for the Freestyle Daily. And by the way, if I can say one more thing about entertainment, see Prohibition the Musical. They have several things on the show. They have Jersey Boys, um, which, you know, if you know anything about the Four Seasons, you know what it is. They have uh, Havana, which is a night in a Havana nightclub, which is very good. It was a little long for my taste, but the must-see show on here, and I believe it's a pay show, is Prohibition. It's set it on the eve of Prohibition in a sort of bordello and there's six performing girls and they, they bring you during the course of the show they bring you five cocktails. Don't worry, they're not like, you know, super large cocktails and you're going to walk out of there wasted. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're, like, they're more like sample cocktails. But it is, it is one of the funnest shows I have ever seen on a cruise ship and it's in the social club so they only can fit a certain number of people. Get there, see that, do it. Norwegian Bliss is going to be based in Alaska this summer and probably for the foreseeable summers. Um, After Alaska, she's going to go down to Miami, back to Alaska again for 2019, and then going to be based in New York doing seven and 14 night Southern Caribbean and Western Caribbean sailing. So, yeah, she's purpose built for Alaska, but they're really putting her all over the place. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. Other I talked a little bit about this with some people. I felt like that the whole purpose built for Alaska thing is interesting, but I don't know that it's really necessarily a big selling point because other than the observation lounges, a lot of it felt almost like it was more purpose-bound for Cuba because you've got the Havana show. One of the nighttime parties they do is called Caliente. Uh, You know, you've got Los Lobos. It's it's really, there's not looking around, there are little touches of Alaska, like there's a really cool bear down by the pool that's a, a, a sort of a statue of some sort. There are touches of Alaska, but it really will be great for no matter where it ends up sailing. And if you're a ship geek, in the observation lounge, there's a, a replica ship. It's probably about five or six feet long of Norwegian Bliss, and it's really, really cool. Well, uh, in closing here, uh, actually, let me just get your final thoughts. What are your final thoughts of Norwegian Bliss? As a Norwegian fan, I really loved it. I think, you know, you were talking about elevating, and I, and I would agree with you here. Um, there, are, there are a lot of things on the ship that are first times for them, like the go-kart, the laser tag. But even just as a ship, the the observation lounge is just a game changer for Norwegian. It really is beautiful uh, and everything about this ship really worked for me. I really didn't, I don't think I had any real issues with anything. Yeah. 
Same here. Well, a big thank you to Nancy Schroeder from the Family Travel Network for stopping by earlier. Also to the Norwegian Cruise Line public relations team. Uh, you guys have been great. Richard, thank you for coming on board with me and um, making recording this show easier because you know a lot about Norwegian, much more than I do. And um, you really helped with uh, with the words, I guess, getting the word out about this ship. <laughs> well, I'm glad to do it. And, you know, uh, and, and if you have questions about the ship, leave them for Doug. If he doesn't know the answer, he'll hit me up and I'll give you the answer because I, I, I'm a big fan of Norwegian, so I'll be glad to help you. All right. Well, broadcasting aboard Norwegian Bliss in Manhattan, I'm Doug Parker. And I'm Richard Sims. And this is Cruise Radio. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Let's see what we've got for you. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.